So hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 194 of Level Up. 60 minutes, of course, of live Q&A, where your questions really do drive the show. Now, today, we're going to invite you to do something for us and also something for yourself. If you're watching us on YouTube, then do please give this video a like and of course subscribe to the channel. It's totally free and really does help other people to find our content. We really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, a great option as well, in addition to that for yourself, is to join our community by signing up for your personalized weekly update just follow the QR code um, below for all of that to happen. So thank you for doing that. Talking about things happening today, Adriana is over in the social chat. So do please let her know your name, of course, and the city from where you're joining. She's going to be posting a link so that you can vote up the questions that you would most like answered and, of course, for you to be able to add your own. If your question is selected, then your name is going to appear in the credits at the end of the show. So do get those questions in early and stay with us to see all of that happening. Um, innovation, of course, happens not just when we have an idea, but we need to express it and share it with other people and then ultimately do something about it implement it and design thinking's non-linear iterative process really does help teams to understand users challenge assumptions and redefine problems to ultimately create innovative solutions to prototype and test and and bring into production it's perhaps the most powerful when tackling problems that are less than fully well-defined or indeed a little bit unknown. Helping us to explore how design thinking then can help us all innovate in our teams and organisations today are a really great panel. So let's jump in and meet them all. Um, Farah Heba rejoins us. She is, of course, an experienced product owner with a strong background in, in Agile, very experienced and works internationally. She describes herself as a very detail-oriented person and designs and delivers a wide range of training and coaching um, for her clients around the world. Welcome back to Level Up, Farah. Great to see you again. Thank you, Nick. Really looking forward to answering the questions and design thinking is really a challenging one. Absolutely. It really is, isn't it? And it's such a helpful process to follow, approach to follow, method. Now we have a method, design thinking method uh, to follow as well. Marlene Jaganesh is a highly experienced, as you know, business relationship manager. She specializes in nurturing high-performing ERMs and teams. She has a background in business analysis, of course, and is regularly invited to deliver speeches and keynote presentations and so on at professional and academic forums around the world. Um, it's brilliant to have you back on the panel again, Marlene, especially on a Friday night for you. So thank you very much indeed for joining us. Great to see you again. Uh, my pleasure, uh, Nick, and hello to everyone who's tuned in. Uh, it is just after midnight here uh, in Melbourne, but design thinking and innovation, such a, a, a relevant topic for, for all organizations, hence it's worth staying up late. Okay, thank you very much indeed for doing exactly that. Rafael Chani is, of course, the Director of Innovation and Development at In Progress Design Lab. And he is the lead author of DT Method, which helps you to apply design thinking in your organizational context. He's an accomplished facilitator, coach, and trainer. And Rafael is passionate, I think, about helping people think through 
how design creates better impact from the projects that you're running. So welcome back to Level Up, Rafael. Brilliant to have you again on the panel. Thank you very much. It's a real pleasure to be here again, and I hope we will have a good time answering the questions. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. I'm sure that we will do that. Sarpajit Bose completes our on-screen panel team today. He's the owner, of course, and managing director of cyber services across in Singapore, where he helps his clients adopt leading practice from DevOps through to security and governance and so on. I'm always attentive to each client's situation. Sarpajit really does strive to help every client reach their full potential. Welcome back to the panel, Sarpajit. Thank you, Nick, and the Level Up team for having me. And all the best to all of us here in the panel. And also greetings to all these uh, uh, live participants who are giving us the questions. And I know it will be a challenging one hour for us. So I'm excited for this. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. Now, we can't run the show without questions and our producers are already stacking up online. Um, so welcome to each of you. We're going to come, you, come to you in a moment. But the person between you and the panel is the question master. And today that's Charlotte Miller, who joins us from the Thames Valley here in the UK. Welcome back, Charlotte. Great to see you. Thanks, Nick. It's a super sunny day here in um, the Thames Valley in the UK. Um, I'm very much looking forward to a very much design thinking and innovative session. All right. Okay. Well, without further ado, then, I think we should jump straight into the questions. Um, so let's do that. And let's choose our first question to the panel, please. Thanks, Nick. Our first question is from Pauline. Pauline asks, how is design thinking different from regular brainstorming or well-facilitated problem-solving or visionary workshops? Okay, well, um, it's a great question. Thank you, Pauline. Um, let's start with Farah and then we'll hear from Rafal. Thanks, Nick. Well, uh, the differences are in, I would say, the faces sequencing and the structure, as well as also in regards to people and roles involved. So throughout the design thinking project or the usage of that tool, you seek to understand the user as a person and to integrate their motivations. So for example, in the empathy phase or the phase in which you're going to dig deeper into uh, the requirements, uh, the needs, etc., you're supposed to identify insights. So you will take uh, into your team people that are ethnologists that can get the best from the interviews, from the observations. So you will have people that might be a bit different from your usual brainstorming or facilitated sessions. Um, also, uh, in your prototyping or testing phases, for example, uh, you might test your hypothesis based on models, sketches, videos, or whatever can help you. So you're getting feedback faster and doing more things into, uh, let's say, or um, uh, sharing them into the, the real life and with real clients. So two main differences, um, in my opinion, first one in regards to people that you're involving in your team uh, with different backgrounds grounds that might be different. And the second one, getting feedback faster because you're using really small prototyping testing phases uh, that will enable you to have more insights quickly. 
Excellent. Thank you very much. It sounds exciting, actually. It's kind kind of um, makes me feel and reflect back on some projects that really could have done with this to make such a difference in that early kind of phase. Um, Rafael, what are your thoughts on this? And then we're going to go to Sabajit. My thought is that design thinking is a, let's say, type of well-facilitated workshop. it's an approach which we use during facilitated workshops, which are focused on finding a solution for f- developing a vision for a product or other solutions. Uh, and brainstorm- brainstorming is one of the elements of, uh, of design thinking. So it's not only uh, design thinking is not brainstorming only. Brainstorming is very important, but part of the design thinking process. What is distinctive about the design thinking and well-facilitated workshops is about people and involving people, uh, what what Farah said before. And we uh, we should invite stakeholders, users uh, to co-create the product which we are working on by stakeholder research, by uh, prototyping and getting feedback from uh, from the users about the prototypes. Uh, so that's that. That was my thought. And the, this concept of co-creation, I think pretty much everybody actually online. It's a question for you online actually if you're joining us today what are your thoughts about doing that in real time because we talk about co-creation we talk about engaging stakeholders but are we really listening and do we actually respond or are we trying to manage their expectation which is a kind of different thing isn't it so i agree with you i think co-creation is absolutely the thing that we're trying to get ultimately that's why why the products are going to be so much enhanced and improved thank you rafael great um start to our show here um Sabajit, your thoughts please and then we'll go to marlini right um well i just want to focus on the the uh the the key point here the traditional problem solving methods there are many of it but they are mainly problem focused and solution oriented right and they, they talk about mostly on the logic and analysis and sequencing steps and process and methods whereas design thinking is a very non-linear way it's a user focused problem oriented, but it also has empathizing and innovation and experimentation included, which are not there in the traditional methods. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, and I think a word to consider here is iterative, because I agree about the nonlinear part. And brainstorm is, brainstorming is often anything but linear, you know, but it, without, without having a, a kind of proper strong method behind it it can just leave you with a lot of ideas that are disjointed and very difficult to actually join back up again you know people feeling like their energy is almost you know released rather than being contained and focused and energized and so on marlini your final thoughts on this one please Uh, Well, Nick, you pretty much said what I was going to say in that, you know, with brainstorming, uh, one of the risks that you often end up with is you get lots of bright ideas that really don't necessarily add value to the organization or are uh, difficult, you know, so they're not really viable. 
Whereas design thinking is a, is an approach to um, you know to to actually uh, brainstorm uh, and come up with some ideas that are of value to the organization, to its customers, to its employees that we can actually uh, attempt to uh, to deliver on, right? That we can uh, attempt to try and. Uh, implement and see how that goes. Now, I also think design thinking is more than just, you know, a method or a process. It's also a mindset. Um, and when, you know, if you really want to get value out of design thinking, you actually need to start uh, becoming a design thinker, right? Uh, and I'm sure we'll explore more of that in the course of this hour. I love that. I love that, Marlene. Think your way into it. Method acting, okay? So important, isn't it? You know, if you if you want to have great design thinking, become a design thinker. You know, the kind of clue is in the title. Maybe there's a job role there, you know, alongside the the um, you know, the cap of curiosity to wear in business analysis. We should also be thinking about becoming a design thinker. So um, great answer. Thank you so much. Let's jump over to social if we can, and we'll have a little look about who's online. So uh, Simisani, thank you so much for joining um, again from uh, Gabarone over there in Botswana. Great to have you online. And uh, Aklesh uh, Kumar, thank you very much indeed for joining from uh, India. Well represented today, actually, in our online community. You can see lots of colleagues joining from different cities across India. Uh, Mahadi um, joined us um, from uh, South Africa. So that's really great uh, to have you on line today and we'll be listening and looking out for your questions um, very shortly Mahadi and uh, we also have uh, Freddie who's joining us from Colombia in um, South America so we're really spanning the globe aren't we from you know the uh, from India through Africa to South America and back again fantastic thank you very much indeed well look um if you have a question and you're watching online you're the producers for the show it's your questions that drive everything so just type your question into the chat and adriana will pick it up from there and bring it in to the panel charlotte in the meantime let's move on we'll take our next question please thanks um, nick um question from miriam what effects can you expect from design thinking? What is the product or the result? Mm. Well, this is a really good question, Miriam, around outcomes, because we're trying to improve outcomes all of the time. That's the whole point, isn't it, of doing things in a better way. Uh, Rafael, why don't you start us off and then we'll hear from Marlini. Okay. Uh, so when I think about the product let's start let's start from the product because everything is about the products when we think about the product we should think uh, in a category that when we develop the product we should take into account two uh, different uh, processes one is discovery and second is delivery uh, most people think about delivery uh, as important part of developing the product and all project management initiatives uh, are in that part of delivery the product. Uh, 
Design thinking is a discovery process. It's a process when we get to know stakeholders, when we get to know users, and we develop a vision of a product, when we develop vision of the process, service, or product, any, any other solution which we want to uh, which we want to get in life. So as a result of design thinking uh, process, uh, for me, the result of design thinking process is the vision of the product, which was prototyped, which was tested, about which we got feedback from stakeholders. It's not ready uh, product which can go to market. It has to be developed during the development phase, during the delivery phase by project management. But it's uh, it's very important part, which uh, which uh, assures us that we will create something which is useful, which is important, which will help our stakeholders and users. Thank you very much indeed. It's um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I've seen before, you know, McKinsey's chart organisations on the basis of how on their products, in the basis of how complete their vision is, you know, and they've been ranking them. And to get into that magic quadrant, you know, you have to have um, a high score on that completeness of vision. And design thinking is clearly enabling that to be refined further and improved further. Thank you, uh, Rafael. Uh, Marlene, your thoughts, then we'll go to Farah. Uh, Miriam, this is a great question. I think there are multiple uh, multiple outcomes that one can, um, you know, uh, expect, um, you know, through adopting design thinking approach. And Rafael has outlined the, the, the product outcomes. Uh, I think also, you know, the type of problems that you can tackle with design thinking are ones that are very difficult to understand upfront. So where there's a lack of uh, clarity, you know, where the problems are very complex, then design thinking, um, you know, gives us a way to, uh, to break this down and sort of iteratively approach and build our understanding of the, of the problem as we also, um, you know, develop solutions for it. Also, when design thinking is adopted in the most appropriate way, uh, you'll, also, you'll, you'll find that there are far-reaching impacts on the organization's culture. Uh, you know, for the previous question, you heard the term co-creation being mentioned. So design thinking is a really great way to build relationships or strengthen relationships with users of our products and services. Uh, you know, with, uh, relationships between employees, uh, you know, creating a culture of psychological safety so that people can speak freely when we are doing, you know, divergent and convergent thinking, um, you know, and that sort of thing. So I think uh, design thinking has benefits far beyond just the product or, or service outcomes. Thank you very much indeed. And I, I love uh, that expression of creating that psychological safety for both the divergent and the convergent thinkers, you know. Um, otherwise, you will tend to get silence. <laughs> when, there's, when there's meetings with a lot of silence in, you kind of have to look beyond that a little bit, I think. Um, very good. Thank you, Marlene, so much. That's really great. Uh, Farah, your thoughts, and then we'll go to Sabrajit. So I 
totally agree with what uh, Malini has just said in regards to the impact on the organization itself. When it comes to the outcomes of the design thinking, there is the product itself, the solution itself, that's for sure. But there is also the impact on the people that are part of that design thinking team. All those team members that will, uh, in my experience, develop their empathetic posture, develop their ability to define problems, to to develop their own creativity. Uh, Because within that process, uh, you will acquire, um, let's say, new skills. You will manage to get rid of the fixation effect. So all the cognitive biases and the unconscious elements that govern your relationship with, let's say, new elements or with innovative solutions and products. So when you think about, let's say, um, putting in place a design lab or using design thinking itself, think about the outcomes in terms of product, but also in terms of soft skills within your teams, and especially uh, about acquiring more empathy and more creativity. What a, what, a, what a great way. I'm trying to paraphrase what you were saying there a little earlier about the fixation effect. Design thinking, then my takeaway from what you've just said is that it really helps mitigate that fixation effect and it allows you to develop and, and grow that product further and faster and better. So excellent. Thank you very much indeed. That's really great reflection. Thank you, Farah. And Sabajit, final thoughts on this one? Yeah, a few quick things on from a different perspective is when we are doing all this thing which Farah and Malini and also before that Rafael has mentioned. So it is about that when we do all these things, we can reduce the risk uh, of of like um, failure of not being able to meet the requirements because the requirements that the customer has is very vague. Uh, So mostly if we don't go through this design process, even brainstorming can give us too much of ideas and we may get phased in that. And then, of course, it's a much more cost-effective method. It uh, it also fosters teamwork. And uh, the most thing I would say is it gives an actionable output and it can translate the business needs much more effectively than any other methods. So I think these are the main um Main, main things that we can think of, expected the effects of design thinking. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. So what a brilliant question as well. It's really started very, very well. So thank you, everybody, and thank you, panel, for your thoughts on those. And Charlotte, I can see the live questions are really stacking up. So let's press on and we'll take our next question for the panel, please. Thanks, Nick. We have a, a question that's come in just before the live show. It's from um, Tom. And Tom asks, do I have to know facilitation before I use design thinking? It's such a key skill, isn't it, facilitation? I, I'm a great fan of, of really good facilitation. So um, uh, you get my vote, Tom, for sure. Sabajit, why don't you start us off? You use facilitation techniques a great deal to solve problems, help things move forward. What yeah. are your thoughts? Well, when we talk about facilitation, there are two kinds of facilitation. One is about learning facilitation and the other is about process facilitation. Now, in this case, uh, we maybe more towards the learning facilitation. That means a person who is not a part of the group, but yet is able to drive the group into um, 
into uh, ideating into you know getting the cognitive biases out and then uh, in also to help them to do different prototyping and testing and get things done so in that respect if someone has a bit of facilitation skills um or ex um any experience that helps a bit but it's not that it has to be there if you are a logical person if someone is you know able to work with people a group then it becomes easy now when i'm talking about uh, i mentioned about the process facilitation a process facilitation is a very key area uh, that again would need a lot of such design thinking and other kind of experience to move into it because that is a very extreme form of application of device design thinking uh, facilitation from perspective fantastic thank you very much indeed um marlini and then farah uh tom i think facilitation skills are um, you know, are critical to the success of design thinking, right? Because you're bringing in people uh, from diverse perspectives and perhaps, you know, uh, they're not people who've had the opportunity to participate in a co-creation exercise uh, before, right? Uh, and it's not just about facilitating the workshops. It's also about facilitating the entire process from end to end. So as, you know, as, as Sarvajit said, so that you actually end up with an actionable output and, you know, you're able to test that and so on. Um, but if you do not have much experience in actually facilitating, um, you know, workshops or end-to-end or -end, uh, approaches such as this, uh, I think it's still okay to give this a go, right? Uh, you probably have skills in um, in empathy, so you can actually connect to people, um, you know, uh, as long as you have good emotional intelligence and you can read the emotional, you know, nuances uh, in the conversation. Uh, and as long as you are inclusive and so on, I think people will be uh, people will be forgiving and they'll still try to, you know, once you have established what the purpose is um, and if they buy into it, they'll, they'll still sort of come along on the journey. But for anyone who's who's uh, new to design thinking, yes, I think you should uh, certainly work on uh, your improving your facilitation skills. Excellent, thank you very much um, indeed, Marlene. Some great advice there, Farah. Your thoughts, please. So, if I want to add to what my co my colleagues has uh, have just said, I would say that within design thinking, you'll are alternating between divergence, convergence, and all those interactions, meaning that you need people to be enough confident and enough, let's say, um, well to share all kind of ideas that might pop into their mind. So facilitation skill might help you into getting confidence from those people, uh, getting people more involved, more engaged into the conversation and not being afraid of sharing any idea that might uh, feel like they're silly, uh, whereas in reality, that might help you to move forward. Yeah, it, you, you don't know until you know. This is the thing. So exactly. it's easy to be dismissive. You need to be open-minded and be inclusive. Uh, Rafael, your thoughts, please. Final thoughts on this question. Mm -hmm. I, I understand this question as a question from someone from organization. So uh, a, a bit different side. So what uh, do I have to know facilitation to use design thinking in my organization? 
And I think my perspective is that if you have people who are who have different perspective who work in different areas who has empathy in their minds and hearts you can invite them to the team which will work in design thinking process of course they need to know the tools they need to know what is their role what are their responsibilities uh, they should know what steps they should uh, they should do to uh, conduct design thinking process and if they don't facilitator is well very useful role to put into the team and to help them uh, and to help them go through the uh, go through the process so if you are thinking about using design thinking in your organization you don't need to have facilitation skills as you but it is very useful because facilitator and i agree everything what uh, what uh, my friends and uh, said before so so uh, facilitator gives a lot more than people working only themselves because he has his own perspective watching how how the team works uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think i answered the question <laughs> Okay. All right. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you very much, Raval. So, um, look, we've put a question to the audience. Uh, Adriana very kindly has typed it into your chat for you, um, which is, do you believe that facilitation is one of those key skills that you really do need to have somewhere on your team? Even if you're not a guru in this yourself, you know, can you find some folks um, to kind of bring in and work alongside you and really help you out and um, observe firsthand? You know, different techniques so there are always different techniques to be used in different situations and building up your vocabulary of facilitation can be such a game changer in so many different scenarios and situations so we're going to move on let's leave that question with the audience um, for right now and um, go to our next question for the panel if we can please charlotte Thanks, Nick. Uh, we've got a live question that's come in uh, while we've been talking. Uh, the live question is from Mahidi, and they're watching on LinkedIn. Are there any specific steps to follow in design thinking? Okay, so steps, if you like. Now we're jumping into more of a method, if you like, or an approach. Um, Raphael, you clearly, as one of the lead authors of DT Method, <laughs> will have an opinion on this, I would imagine. Why don't you start us off, okay, and then we'll hear from Marlene. Uh, definitely, it looks like a question for me. Uh, so thank you very much for this question. Of course, there are different descriptions of design, design thinking, and so we have description created by uh, the school on Stanford University. We have description created by IDEO. We have a lot of descriptions of design thinking, which shows you a steps which you should follow to uh, to create the proper solution. Uh, of course, uh, I believe that steps are not enough. It's not enough to conduct a design thinking process just knowing the steps. Uh, and when we were creating a methodology which helped to, to, uh, to uh, use design thinking by organizations 
when we created the Timatok, we wanted to show more to people uh, and uh, not only the steps. Of course, steps for ex uh, which uh, which are concentrated and and focused on on knowing people exploration phase, or you can uh, name it uh, name it uh, empathy phase, knowing the people, uh, creative phase, which uh, which use for example brainstorming as a method to uh, develop as many ideas as it is. Uh, possible to uh, answer the needs of people which you uh, which you collected during the uh, exploration phase and construction phase when you create prototypes you test these prototypes it is very important to follow uh, because because it is a logical way a logical path to find uh, to find a solution but not only steps you need some rules you need your mindset you need to follow and uh, and uh, and proper tools uh, which will uh, engage people in a correct way absolutely i agree with that you know sometimes just reading a recipe does not make you a michelin starred chef you need a little bit more you need to practice you need to build your skills you need to develop that capability in front of other people and with other people with colleagues so great advice there thank you and you've given us the framework if you like i think the scaffolding on which to be able to you know build our capability there uh Marlene, your thoughts and then we'll go to sabjan uh, I think, uh, you know, the way Rafael uh, explained it is, is just so beautifully done that the steps are important and there are steps, uh, different, uh, you know, slightly different steps, depending on which method you're, you're applying, whether it's the Stanford method or IDEO or uh, the DT method. Uh, and, and they help, you know, the steps, you can sort of use them like a checklist to make sure that you are covering off all the key things that, that need to be covered. But don't be a slave to, to the steps of process because think of them as guardrails rather than handcuffs. Right? And if you haven't established uh, quite early on, what is the purpose of this exercise? Why are we taking a design thinking approach? Why is it uh, an imperative for us to take this approach? Uh, who's going to participate and what are the different perspectives we have to consider, et cetera? If you don't consider all these things, then uh, you're just going to you know, take a series of, of steps, put people through it, and then you'll do it again and again. And you might not quite get the outcome that, that you wanted. And you leave people feeling frustrated that you've just introduced one, one more new method, and it's the flavor of the month. You know, rather than becoming part of how we do things around here. It's, it's truly inspiring. Thank you, Marlene. I love that phrase, if I can play it back to you. Think of, think of the method as guardrails and not handcuffs, you know, if I heard that correctly. So, you know, there it's the, about the maturity of understanding a method deeply understanding profoundly understanding the culture of your organization and matching what is going to work well within that frame of reference and those guardrails that you describe really do help you make progress and move forwards without you know 
wandering off in any random direction. Thank you so much indeed. Great answers, all, everybody. Um, Sabajit, final thoughts on this question before we move on? Well, after what has been spoken, I really need to go down and think, design thinking to say what I have to say next. Uh, well, um, what I want to talk about that, yeah, the steps are good, but as Malini said, they're not handcuffs. And uh, different different methodologies, different schools, they talk about a bit variation. And of course, um, the iterations are also not hard and fast. So what we do, we... I mean, just may remember that there are three broad areas. One is understanding, then exploring, and lastly, the materializing. And under which we have the different steps as we talk about. So if you use different names for the steps um, or a bit different order, doesn't matter. Just know that first you must have the concept, then explore for new innovation, and lastly, make it happen. Thank you very much indeed. Making things happen is going to be the key differentiator between things just being a theory and actually working in practice. You know, we do need to do that. Management is a verb, isn't it? We need to actually make some stuff happen um, as well alongside all of this. Thank you very much indeed, panel. Um, uh, Shanice's reminder is on screen right now because time is ticking, folks. Um, so if you want to get your question in, please submit it pretty much straight away and we'll see what we can do to get you an answer before we finish at the top of the hour. Um, let's move on, Charlotte, if we may. We'll take our next question for the panel, please. Thanks, Nick. We've got another live question from Tom. And Tom asks, how can I use design thinking to design strategy for my company? All right. So this is really lifting it up, isn't it? From a product focus to the strategy level, is it possible to apply this kind of methodology to really design strategy for an organization rather than a product, physical product um, or a service? Um, Sabajit, you were very quick to raise your hand here. What are your thoughts, my friend? Why don't you start us off? Yeah, I would like to have a very small contribution here. Uh, in my earlier, one of the earlier um, contribution, which I said that design, uh, you know, um, here we have facilitation. There are two types. One is the process facilitation. And this, what is uh, requested by Tom uh, to have a design strategy, this is the specific example of the process facilitation, where we use the design thinking to come out. I mean, when this, this is going to happen, the facilitator is not the one who is going to come out with, you know, the, the strategies. It is the organization's leadership who are going to do that, but the facilitation is going to, you know, spark, cause the spark of that innovation and to get these people come together to gel so that they can have this non-threatening uh, environment where they can think and they can share and then they can co-create what they have to and then they can then find out what is best for their organization's design strategy and what they have to do, what they should not do based on the governance structure and the objective and and the vision mission of the organization so thank you okay. so much for this question and i think um yeah others will have more contribution to this okay very good um actually what we're going to do we're going to go to marlini next if we can and then we'll hear from farah 
Um, Tom, I think design thinking is actually uh, really great to use in situations when uh, the problem is not very clear, right? And uh, and when I say problem, I mean problem or opportunity. And so strategy, I think, is a really great example of that. Uh, I, I remember when I started my career, uh, organizations that I used to work in used to develop a you know a four-year or five-year strategy, uh, and then we would just you know implement that. But today, the pace of change, um, you know, is 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 so rapid uh, that we can't quite you know plan out even what we want to do in twelve or uh, eighteen months uh, time. So design thinking gives us uh, an approach to uh, respond to emergent opportunities and problems um, and sort of co-create that with the people who really matter to us, uh, being our customers and our employees, right? Um, and I think therefore, design thinking is actually a great approach for organizations to develop their business strategy. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you, Marlene. You totally agree with that. Um, Farah, your thoughts, and then we'll hear from Rafael. Yeah, there is something else that we hear a lot more about uh, nowadays. It's what we call design sprints. And it's meant as a quicker process, I would say, that the usual, the usual one that would aim at answering critical business questions, defining new strategies and testing them right away. So uh, just when you're figuring out how to use design thinking into building a new strategy, uh, do not always just follow the usual processes with the main steps that we have uh, spoken about uh, within the, the last question. Think also for uh, to those alternative solutions or techniques like the design sprints that would enable your main teams and your top managers to dedicate a week five days nonstop into thinking for that new strategy and new product. So design thinking does not always mean that you will need to spend a lot of time thinking, diverging, then figuring out the right solution. Sometimes you can do it right away with having and by in ensuring that you have the right people around the table and that they are motivated, involved a hundred percent of the time during that, let's say one shot session that you're spending with them. Thank you very much. I love that concept of thinking about it in fast, um, agile kind of sprints, you know, that, that kind of way of doing it as well is, is really fantastic advice. Thank you. Um, Rafael, final thoughts on this one, please. Mm -hmm. So creating strategy and developing strategy, designing strategy is very hard, iterative and frustrating process from my perspective. And it, it's... Uh, there is no it, there is no recipe for creating strategy. It's it's developing all the time, and and it's really hard to find a good solution and a recipe for organization. Do that, and you will you will create your strategy. But design thinking as a iterative process as a process when you involve a lot of stakeholders, when you ask people, when you prototype, test. It's, uh, it's re really, uh, really good framework or structure uh, to conduct uh, workshops when, where you want to uh, develop the strategy. Uh, the biggest uh, consulting companies uh, 
use design thinking with their clients uh, to develop strategies. So it can't be bad bad way. Uh, I think that uh, I, I think that it's uh, also quite uh, quite good. Uh, maybe not uh, a recipe, but tip uh, to use to use design thinking and to try to use design thinking when you work on the strategy. But remember that it's a never-ending story. It's frustrating <laughs> a lot. <laughs> okay. Now, I was smiling, and I thank you for your authentic answers panel, all right, because you each speak from the heart with many years of experience working with clients and working within your own organizations to bring about meaningful improvement, meaningful change, you know, for individuals, teams, and ultimately for your clients as well, for your customers as well. So um, I agree. It can be frustrating. At the same time, great things are rarely straightforward. All right. Great outcomes usually do have setbacks along the way. What was that quote about um, failure that Edison used to talk about? It's you know, you, I don't, I don't look at you know the hundreds of failures as a problem. Okay? I see them all as contributing to the ultimately, you know, to the solution. I'm sure he said it more eloquently than I have done, but I can understand that, especially with developing strategy and implementing it and so on very much iterative so thank you very much indeed um great answers panel um charlotte time is ticking let's move on let's take our next question for the panel please thanks nick we've got a live question uh jose asks where can i get a list of design thinking thought leaders dt energizers and their descriptions Oh, wow. Okay. So not asking for much here. <laughs> so I'm not sure you can talk, you can type, um, you know, design thinking thought leaders into the LinkedIn search box and, and kind of get a succinct list out. Um, Marlene, what are your thoughts about this? Um, where, where can, who should we be thinking about as a thought leader in this space? Okay. Uh, there are three people whom, whom I follow. And and uh, Jose, I hope uh, you know you find uh, you find them um, you know interesting too. One is uh, Brendan Boyle of IDEO, uh, and then there's Adam Lawrence um, who's based in in Europe. Uh, he's a co-author of uh, you know a couple of fabulous books on human-centered service design. Um, one is called Service Design Thinking, and the other one is called Service Design Doing. I've learned heaps from 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 Adam. Uh, and the third person is is a close friend of mine based in uh, in Melbourne. His name is is Murali Maheshwaran, and I'll and I'll share uh, you know uh, his his details uh, in the chat. Um, and uh, he you know he he regularly brings together um, you know people to um, to do service design jams. Uh, and um, I'm actually a jam junkie. So if you want to know about service design jams, then contact me on LinkedIn and I'll tell you what it's all about. Basically, you spend a whole weekend, um, you know, trying to solve uh, some problems, not all problems of the world, uh, and you apply uh, human-centered design thinking uh, approaches to that. Um, so um, I think these are my three go-to people. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm going to add to that. I, I'm going to actually give an organizational shout out. And I, I think Rafael's being very um, 
uh, you know, kind here. He's kind of, you know, sitting back. But, you know, he's the lead author on the DT method. So I'm going to give a shout out to him and also to his organization. And, you know, to say that you, you, you can't actually stray far from that thought leadership if you get in touch with him. Now, all of the panel are available to you, um, viewers and listeners, via our LinkedIn profiles. So you're most welcome to connect with us on a professional level, of course. And um, please do reach out to us and uh, ask us to connect with you. Um, We also have um, some really good listings as well that we can share with you that we just can't get through on a short show kind of like this but i would suggest that you do that do link out to us right and we'll see if we can put you in contact with the right people so thank you jose Uh, we appreciate the question and we're going to move on charlotte uh, if we can and take potentially our final question for the day we've got a live question from sabina um, our colleague Sabina asks, can a manager, C-level manager, benefit from having design thinking skills? <laughs> now, Sabina, thank you very much for joining us um, today. I don't know if you're traveling, so you're on a mobile device. You've had a super busy day today, so we really appreciate you jumping into the audience. Um, Rafael, what are your thoughts? Can managers and particularly senior people benefit from having this kind of exposure to these kinds of skills? Uh, it is connected to the question about creating strategy because when because if you want to engage someone in creating strategy, it must be C level C level managers as well. Not only not only C level managers, but you need to involve C level managers to develop strategy. So this is the first uh, the first. Uh, way how the C-level managers may benefit from knowing, having design thinking skills. But also, each department has its own goals. And if the department wants to reach their goals in in good way to have a lot of benefits from different initiatives which they have in their department, knowing design thinking, having design thinking skills across the department, across the organization, will help to develop good solutions in the whole organization. And my perspective is that each person in organization should have design thinking skills. I don't mean that they should know how to facilitate a workshop. I mean that they should know different tools. They should be a good designer during the workshops uh, not, uh, and, uh, and know how design thinking works, why it works that way, and it will help the, the organization to reach their goals in, and get more benefits from their actions. Thank you so much indeed. And that's what it's all about. Uh, thank you very much. Um, Farah, your thoughts? And then we'll go to Marlene. 
Thank you, Nick. Well, at the beginning of this session, we speak a bit about uh, design thinking as being a, a, a mindset rather than just a process. So I would say that who, uh, I would ask, who would be the best person to instill this state of mind rather than a manager or a C-level executive? Knowing about design thinking might be something that would add into uh, that, let's say, collaborative mindset that we want to implement within themes, that creative mindset in empathic, empathic posture that we want people to have into our teams. So knowing about design thinking does not always just imply that you're able to use it or to be part of the process. It sometimes also means that you're able to instill that mindset to people, that collaborative, creative, and empathic mindset. And this is far beyond just the design thinking process itself. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You need to find the right people to make the biggest difference. And that doesn't always necessarily come with your primary job role in an organisation. So thank you, uh, Farah. That's brilliant. Molly, final thoughts on this, please. You know, when we think about innovation, too often we think about big things, you know, disruptive innovations like electric cars or, or flying machines and that sort of thing. But every organisation actually has a uh, unlimited opportunities for small scale innovations, right, which can be managed at the team level or at the functional level, um, and which often don't cost very much. And so if you have people uh, leading teams and functions that have design thinking skills, then you can actually en encourage a culture of continuous innovation uh, in your organization, which I think is really important because if, if you wait for funding to solve all your problems, um, things will never get done. But if you actually look at what can we do within our sphere of influence, what, what can we do that's going to have a positive impact and if you can encourage people, um, you know, to to buy into it and get on board, uh, I think you will find, um, you know, you you will actually be able to over time um, tackle quite a lot of problems and leverage a lot more opportunities than you had uh, previously been able to do. Completely agree with that, and that endless opportunity for incremental innovation. Um, is something that we all have a responsibility to do. You know, are we turning up to work just to work or are we adding value to our colleagues, to our organisation? You know, are we making a difference for our customers rather than simply delivering a service to them? Are we truly listening and responding? We all have that responsibility um, as individual contributors, regardless of the secondary role that we might have as a manager or, you know, as a, um, a director or an executive of an organisation. So thank you very much indeed, panel. Um, what great questions we've had today. I'm so excited um, about design thinking. I'm, I'm going to make it my mantra now, become a design thinker. Um, it's definitely on my list of things to do. I'm going to add that to um, my list of uh, professional development goals. Let's hear from the panel your reflections on today, please. So um, we'll come to Farah if we can first, and then we'll hear from Rafael. 
So what a great panel today and uh, so many challenging questions. So thanks for all the people that were here in that uh, who shared such kind of questions. Uh, my takeaways from today's discussion is, um, I would say first, innovation does not mean invention as what uh, Malini has just said. And uh, second thing is maybe an advice uh, for people that are listening. Creativity can be acquired if we train our brains, I would say correctly. So do not feel like uh, you're not supposed to do innovation because you're not creative enough. Uh, you can train yourself and train your brain to do so. Uh, I can assure you absolutely agree with that 100%. And in fact, often that creativity is squished out of us um, during our education years. And we need to bring it back, everybody. You know, this is the whole point about joining an organization, that you bring something new to that organization and make a difference. Thank you, Farah. Great guidance, great advice. Rafal, closing thoughts for today, please. And then we'll hear from Marlene. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for being here and asking fantastic questions. Uh, we used uh, really uh, big and fantastic words about design thinking. But if you are thinking about what to do first, the first small step about implementing design thinking, uh, you are invited on dtmethod.com site, uh, which where we described the first steps, what to do to implement design thinking, uh, and uh, and uh, you can you can also reach the book Design Thinking Basics: An Introduction to the DT Method as well, and DT Method Foundation course from APMG. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for that. We appreciate it, Ravel. Thank you for joining us today in what's been a very busy week for you, I know. And um, Marlini, thank you so much for joining in the middle of the night in Melbourne. A great contribution as ever. Your reflections on today? Uh, we've had some fabulous questions and I'm really sorry the hour is up. Um, and what I would like to, to share with our listeners is that the only way that you can truly become a design thinker is by actually doing design thinking. So it's not just something to read about or to think about, even though the name suggests design thinking, but you actually need to do it. So pick up small things, small projects. Uh, like I said, you will find opportunities within your sphere of influence that you can pick up and then you get better at it by doing, right? So all the best to you in your endeavours. Thank you very much indeed. We learn by doing and we do more by learning. Thank you so much, Marlene. Sabajet, your reflections on today, then we'll go to Charlotte. <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone. Now, one thing I want to mention here, we didn't talk about the uh, real-life examples of or outcomes of design thinking. You know what? Uh, if you find um, search, you will know that GE Healthcare was a result of design thinking. So was like Oral-B products. Netflix is another classic outcome of design thinking process. So it's Airbnb and even Uber Eats. So if they could have done this and disrupt the world, and so there's more to come. I think all of you viewers and listeners uh, do please uh, take this up and, and do more. And maybe you may be in the panel next time sharing more 
on this topic. Thank you. Thank you so much um, indeed. Charlotte, final thoughts on today? Thanks, Nick. I'd like to say thank thank you to all our producers, people that have asked the live questions. We couldn't have done it without you. Thank you to our expert panellists. Fantastic information and, and, and insights. Um, if you'd like to learn more about design thinking, um, Raphael and our chief um, CEO, Richard Farrow, uh, produced a webinar yesterday titled um, Tackling High Project Failure Rates with Design Thinking. The webinar can be found on APMG International's YouTube channel, along with this episode okay. once it's been uploaded. All right. Okay. Thank you very much indeed, Charlotte. Um, so do head over to that and uh, yeah, jump in. It's a deeper dive on design thinking method and in particular, you know, to uh, look at the whole impact and outcomes of projects, uh, which are very, very important. So do um, take uh, up that offer from Charlotte. Thank you very much indeed, panel. I'd like to thank you each and every one of you for joining us today. Um, just to let you know, audience, as well, thank you for your great questions. You are the producers of the show. Um, the panel themselves um, joined together collectively um, saved 73,000 kilometres of travel um, by working together today and joining us from our studio in South Africa, in Cape Town in South Africa. So we really appreciate them um, doing that, helping to save the planet. Um, 73,000 kilometres, that's not a bad contribution to make, is it? Which is really, really great. And if you need scale on that, if you're not sure what a kilometre is, well, 73,000 kilometres is roughly... 384.4 million bananas for scale. All right, very good. Um, let's look forward then to what's kind of coming up next on Level Up. Um, over on our website, you may, of course, search for answers to more than 2,000 previously asked questions. Uh, it's a great resource. So jump over there and have a look at those. Type in your text question and you'll see a whole range of experts from around the world with their answers. Um, coming up next week, 8 a.m. UK time, Monday the 16th of October, we're going to be looking at KPIs, OKRs, and all manner of measurement as we explore how to grow your business by measuring the right things. And then later on the same day, we're hosting a digital trust practice webinar in conjunction with our partners over at ISARCA. Now, it's a registered event, so please do sign up. Um, using um, the landing page and the registration page. You can find it on the APMG International website. And I think we also might have a QR code to show as well. We'll try and uh, bring that up on screen now for you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, just point your phone at the QR code and that will jump you straight to the registration page for that webinar. Digital trust is such an important thing. Um, we live in a digital age. Who can you trust? How do you build it? How does it work in practice? Great webinar to join in with. It's going to apply to everybody, I think, in the near future. So do join the team for that. A little bit later on, next week on Friday the 20th here on Level Up, we're going to return to building your project management career. And uh, do please join us for that. 2 p.m. as ever on Friday's UK time. Finally, do sign up and we'll send you that personal summary I mentioned at the beginning of what's coming up and how you too can join us here on the panel 
and level up your career with APMG. Thanks very much, everybody. We'll see you next time.